Phil. Hello, yep. Brilliant. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> hey. Um, yes, I am a little nervous, but my, seeing as my uh, psalm is centered around trusting in God, I did agree to do this <laughs> and put my trust in God, and so here we are. Um, so if, um, I know most of you do, but if anyone doesn't know me, um, I'm Mel, married to Joe over there, and a blessed parent of four lovely children, Esme, Kai, Drew, and Ida. And so, as I said, I've been given this opportunity this morning um, to share my life verses with you. And my prayer is that I will be able to encourage you all by sharing a bit about how these verses have impacted my walk with God um, and that ultimately he will use this morning for the work that he's doing amongst us today. Um, so my life verses are from Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, but I'm going to read the whole psalm to start because it's kind of all of it as well. <laughs> um, so here we go. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence as well. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honour him. With a long life, I will satisfy him I, and show him my salvation. So that was Psalm 91. And just to recap the two verses that uh, this is mainly centred around, it was the first two verses. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So I remember my mum saying years ago, oh, I just find it amazing how the same scripture in the Bible can speak to you in so many different and new ways um, and to different people and into different situations. And I didn't really know what she meant at the time, but that's what these verses have been like for me. The same verses, and yet they have been God's provision for me in different ways and at different times. And I've seen so much within it. Um, so now just to be clear, I don't mean drawing out our own interpretation of what the Bible says to fit our own agendas. I mean God's living word being revealed to you in truth and God opening our eyes 
through the Holy Spirit to speak to you or into different situations. We should guard ourselves from drawing our own interpretations from what we read by looking at other scriptures in the Bible and pairing reading the Bible with praying. We need to keep God in that conversation. It's so important and it's going to be so much richer and fuller when we do that. Um, So God used Psalm 91 three obvious times for me to affirm and confirm truths to guide me in my walk with him. So I'm going to call these like the three layers of this scripture that's been revealed to me. And I'm going to share each of them with you. So I'm going to start with layer one, obviously. Good place to start. But just before that, um, I'm just going to give you a bit of more background into how I became a Christian. Um, So I gave my life to Jesus five and a half years ago. Some of you probably heard my testimony at my baptism a year later, but for those that haven't or those that have forgotten what I said, then <laughs> I'm going to briefly uh, fill you in to that point. So I went to church with my mum and my siblings as a child, but I drifted away in my early teens. We moved to Herne Bay and mum sort of lost that church family that she had where we used to live. And so she was trying to find her place and we got teenagers and sort of said we can't be bothered with that. So, um, so we, I just drifted away and life went on. Um, so then, and I didn't really come back to it until um, me and Joe was going to get married and wanted to get married in a church. So rightly so, Anthony at Christchurch um, wanted to talk to us about what it meant. And so I started to explore a bit more about Christianity then. Um, and I started going to church now and then. I joined a growth group and I went Uh, fairly regularly to that. Um, I was interested and I kind of believed what I was hearing, but I was keeping things on my terms and trying to fit a bit of Christianity around my worldly life. Um, A year, so me and Joe got married, and then a year later, Esme was born, and although this was a dream come true, I had um, a pretty turbulent time. So I first sort of started with, I was unable to have a natural birth, that might not have bothered other people, but I was quite looking forward <laughs> to birth and I wanted to be a mum for a long time. And I, when that was like taken away from me, I just thought, oh, I'm going to miss out on some bonding experience or something, which I wasn't, but that's how I felt at the time. Um, and then Esme was born um, by C-section and then um, I couldn't feed her. <laughs> I was really trying to feed her and it just wasn't working. We ended up having to go back into hospital with her so she could be monitored for a bit and then ended up having to bottle feed her. So I just felt that I'd failed at parenting already and I was also shocked by the weight and responsibility of having someone so precious solely relying on me. Um, And I'm sure a lot of us as parents felt that. It's quite normal. But, um, yeah, it was just like a big change as it it is. Um, On top of that... I had a health scare, which turned out to be something that could be dealt with. Um, But I was faced with that moment of panic and the reality... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Not expecting that. Um, Yeah, I just thought, I've had this baby and now I might die. (laughs) Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, but anyway, it was fine and everything was okay. Um, But then on top of that, as well, um, Joe and I had a really rough time with lots of difficulties with his family. And 
um, yeah, that was really, really tough because, yeah, we were just dealing with a lot. So it was just a really tough time. But we were muddling through. You sort of, these things were coming and coming, and we were just like, oh, okay. Um, and I, but I just, yeah, I got to the point. I just felt really out of control of it all. And this, up until then, I'd been just leading life, going through and thinking, yep, yeah, I manage this, and this is, yeah, I've got it sorted. And then I suddenly felt out of control of, like, my health, my plans for motherhood, people's actions, and the bad things that happen in the world as well, just because I was now responsible for a child, and I was more aware of everything in the world that was not good, and all the brokenness. And so six months into all of this, I had some kind of mental breakdown. <laughs> and it was literally like a flick had been switched. It was just after Christmas, and we'd actually had a really nice Christmas. Um, and then it was just literally like one moment in one day, and I suddenly was suffering with this severe anxiety. I had bizarre, the most bizarre thoughts, and uh, the lack of control over my mind and my feelings just led to more and more anxiety. I worried about many, many things, but one of the main fears that got a grip on me was this fear that if I prayed or went to church or growth group, that somehow I was opening a door to the devil and that he was going to be able to lead me even further into darkness to a place that I could not return from. It was a terrible time and every day was a struggle to battle the fear that I was consumed with. Um, so yeah, I just lived six months of just literally every day waking up just with that feeling of dread and just struggling through the day really with these awful thoughts and anxiety symptoms um so six months on from that joe and i decided to detach ourselves from his family which was a really hard decision but we knew we had to in order to protect ourselves and esme um i started some counseling and i probably had people praying for, for me i would have thought um and i went back to work part-time which did distract my brain <laughs> from all the craziness they were thinking. Um, so yeah, I went back to work part-time and that helped as well. And, and things started to improve. There were now some good days and these days started to increase. And a lot of the fears that had a grip, grip on me were releasing. Some were still there, but I guarded myself from them affecting me by avoiding things like watching the news or watching anything that had a deep meaning. I was just keeping everything light. The spiritual fear was still one that I felt very, very uneasy about. And so again, I avoided church or praying. Um, deep down, I knew God was good, but I was still being told the lie that pursuing God would lead to danger and fear and undo all the progress that I'd made. I now recognize that this was the enemy trying to stop me finding faith in Jesus and in some ways, my interest in Jesus had probably landed me on the battlefield. But because I didn't really know God or the true security of him being with me, at that time, I was totally unequipped for the battle. And so I was still listening to that lie and believing that the devil would be able to overpower me and get me in some, some way if I pursued God. And actually, sort of going back when I was younger, that Christian element had obviously... Um, stuck with me a bit and if I had faced anything a little bit difficult or um, had difficult times I, my automatic thing would have been to pray and now it was like I just 
that's something that I would normally do when I was having a rough time, I couldn't do at all. Um, so just to explain how much of a hold this had on me, um, a little crazy story. Um, Esme had a book, uh, Julia Donaldson, Tiddler. Uh, if you're a parent or grandparent or around small children, you might know it. Um, and it's just a kid's book about fish. And uh, <laughs> these uh, fish go to school. And Tiddler um, is always late for school because he's off dreaming up some stories on his way to school and he's always late. So they go through the register and they call out the fish's names each morning. And then it's, oh, Tiddler's late. Um, but one of the uh, fish is Devilfish. And if Esme ever asked me to read that book, I would just avoid it like the plague because I just didn't want to say that word. And if, if I was confident enough, if I was having a particularly good day and I read it, I just would never, ever say the word Devilfish because I just thought even the mention of anything like that, anything related to God or related to the devil, I just... I wouldn't have even, I just wouldn't go there. I, and that's just, just a silly story. It's ridiculous, <laughs> the fact that I couldn't say that word when I was reading a children's story. But that's just to explain that, that grip that it had on me. So thankfully, God knew a way to break this chain. And through Coffee and Chaos, which was Beacon's toddler group at the time, I started going there. Um, I met Steve and Jenny and got to know them. And after a few years, that led to me um, doing Christianity Unwrapped. Now, God was already working here because looking back, it actually made no sense for me to go to Christianity Unwrapped. Um, I've never been one for leaving the children when they're little. And Drew was, so we had Esme, Kai, and Drew now, and he was just coming up for one. So I wasn't, wouldn't normally have sort of gone out in the evening. I would have liked to be there in case he woke up or something. But, um, and also, as I've said, um, I was still a nervous wreck when it came to regards to talking about God or anything. But yet, there I was at, at Coffee and Chaos one morning, and Steve was talking to someone else about God and Christianity and Wrapped, and I pretty much invited myself. <laughs> so I'm sure that was God as well, because it was a bit of a random thing from a worldly point of view, from my point of view, but God was obviously gave me that boost to do that. Um, so anyway, one, in one of the evenings, I shared my fears about, about all of this to Steve and Ollie, Ollie Mills, um, I told them about the, the devil and the fear that I had about that, and they prayed for me. And I remember sitting there in the moment thinking, oh gosh, why did I talk about this? And thinking, I was feeling anxious in the moment, and I just thought, this, is, this isn't going to be good. When I drove home, I was surprised that I was kind of feeling okay, but I was still thinking that this was going to bring something bad. I thought, I'm going to wake up in the morning, and that feeling of dread is going to be back. But what actually happened is that there was a miraculous change in me regarding this. The next morning, I was full of peace on the matter, not the anxiety that I was expecting. This was a real opening of heaven. It was not anything I'd done. It was really, really quite amazing. I was able to start talking to God without any fear. And, um, and I've never had that gut-wrenching fear of, or panic since. In the following weeks, Steve shared the gospel with me, and on the way home, I gave my life to Jesus. Praise God. Um, so I started going to church. We're getting to layer one now. Sorry, I feel like I've waffled a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, started going to church and growth group, and it was Andrea at growth group that introduced me to Psalm 91. 
So during our worship time, uh, she played like a sung version of the psalm. Um, and it just stood out to me so much. It gave me peace. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I just knew the truth of those words. God was telling me that I could trust him in all things. He was the Most High. He was ruling over everything. Everything listed in the psalm, the darkness, the illness, um, the arrows thrown by people. He was saying, all of this that you fear and you stress about are no threat to me because I am God. I'm above it all. I knew he could change the direction of any arrow. He could heal any sickness. He could rebuke any spirit of the enemy. And obviously I'd seen this. He'd done it for me. That anxiety, that fear of the enemy, he had taken away. And it was clear now with this psalm, it was like he was affirming that to me. This is what I've done for you. This is what I can do. I'm in control of it all. Um, so I listened to um, and read that psalm so much in those early days of becoming a Christian. And um, that's what was really being anchored in me. So uh, at that time as well, when I became a Christian, me and Joe were not in a good place in our marriage. Uh, he does, I have told him that I'm going to say this. <laughs> um, the challenges that we'd had in our first few years of marriage with my mental health and the family issues that we'd had with Joe's family, um, we'd just muddled through it all, but we'd not really come out the other side together, and we didn't do that great at being there for each other during all of that. Um, so we'd been very up and down, and as I said, we now had Esme, Kai, Andrew, and so the pressures of, of that family life on this our, our already unstable uh, relationship was really starting to show. And Joe didn't have any interest in Jesus, so I'd become a Christian and was really enjoying that, and we were totally separate. We weren't together on that at all. Uh, so we'd reached this really low point and were thinking of giving up. And I know I'd certainly thought for like the last year leading up to that, um, I'd thought about this, you know, do we break up? Do we not? Do we get divorced? I didn't want that. We, we, I never set that at all. When we were married, I thought this is, this is forever. Um, and I didn't want that broken home for the children, but I just couldn't see anything ever changing. Um, but through reading the Bible, God showed me that marriage was really important to him and that I needed to stick with it. And the words of Psalm 91 gave me the confidence to be obedient. God was my refuge and my God in whom I trusted. I was not confident in mine and Joe's ability to do well in our marriage. But I was confident in God. And so I just said to God, okay, I know this is what you're saying. So <laughs> I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to trust in you. Um, but I just asked God to just really soften my heart and to help us. And I asked. So I just asked that. And, of course, he absolutely did. He blessed our obedience and things massively, massively improved. And obviously we're still together now. <laughs> Good sign. Um, uh, and not only this, but he led Joe to Jesus as well, which really was a miracle. It's a miracle for us all. And um, Joe can tell you more about that. But um, <laughs> I'll just say that there were, I can't tell you how many times he said to me, you will never get me to believe that there's a God. I will never, ever believe it. 
And of course, I didn't have to. <laughs> um, so there was then was the second layer. And that was this deeper understanding that being a Christian didn't mean that everything was suddenly perfect and you had uh, nothing bad would ever happen to you. Obviously, I did see both of these layers from the beginning. You don't have to look very far to see sin and darkness and sickness. And obviously, I'd experienced some of these things. But God was initially anchoring me in that first layer that he ruled everything. And he literally could protect me from everything. He had the authority and the ability to do everything. And that was where he anchored me to start with. But then at some point, there was this, um, I was just able to see this um, more eternal layer of the psalm, the deeper meaning, that it's saying that nothing can come near your salvation. Nothing can separate you from God once you dwell with him. You are with him for eternity, even if those arrows or pestilence or darkness do come to you on earth. They do not steal your eternal salvation. We are eternally protected, and Jesus' death and resurrection has won that victory for us. Even in death, there is life. Obviously, he, he came, didn't he? He, was, he suffered as well. He was not sort of protected in that way from the violence of us, of our sin and, and people, but um, his death and resurrection meant that he beat that and there is life for us now as there was resurrected life for him. Um, so knowing this gives a fuller, deeper, bigger picture perspective to any troubles that we face in this world. In this psalm itself, it says in verse 15, I will be with him in trouble. So clearly there is trouble to be had. We will encounter things on this earth that rock us, that won't be comfortable, that are sad or scary, but God will be protecting you through the tough times being a faithful shield, a refuge, and a fortress, that safe place where you can turn in whatever you are facing. Thankfully, I haven't had to go through anything too awful since becoming a Christian. Mostly things have got better for me. But there have been challenges, and when they've come, I've found that refuge in God. And it's so refreshing and comforting. The most um, recent example of this for us was um, when Esme, our eldest, um, as most of you know, so she's got to that point, she's going on to high school in September, so we had to apply for her school place. She absolutely wanted to go to Hermay High, she's right into her sports and dancing, and, um, and it's the local school and all her friends are going there. So that's where we applied for, but she didn't get a place, and so we decided to go through the appeal process. We put all our human effort into this appeal, and we prayed a lot, and I know some of you are praying too, so thank you for that. Um, but we didn't get the outcome that we expected. We thought God's going to provide a place at Home Bay High, and it's all going to be fine. Um, but he didn't. Um, we, with the appeal process, um, she didn't get a place through that either. And so I felt that disappointment, and I shed tears of sadness and about her sadness and worries over going to a different school and where she wouldn't have many friends that she knew. She'd have to travel there to get on the bus. And she's not the most confident girl in the world. She's not the most worldly. So, um, so that was a massive, another added massive thing. Not only are you starting a new school, you now got to get the bus as well. Um, so, so yeah, we, I had tears about that and she had tears. But we weren't left in despair or alone. We come back to God's shelter, the Most High, who has a plan for her 
and we rest there. And I was able to do to share that with Esme as well. I was able to spend time with her praying and saying, this is what we do. We don't know, you know, this seems hard and this seems really tough, but we come to God and we know, we trust in him. We know he has a plan for you. Um, so she, it was just really special that I was able to do that with her as well. Um, so this state may, may still be tough and uncomfortable at times. Um, and like I say, it may not seem to us the best school for her, um, but there's that piece of trusting him and that he knows more than us. So on to layer three. Um, this layer God spoke to me about during COVID and lockdown. He showed me what dwelling with him really meant. I was led to Psalm 91 again and started thinking about this dwelling with God. What did that mean? I asked Holy Spirit to help me, and God showed me that dwelling with him meant really, really getting to know him. I had a desire to read the Bible more and pray more. Um, I was doing a bit more running. The children weren't at school, and that was your daily exercise. Um, so I was praying during those times, and I was doing lots of devotionals and just reading um, a lot of the Bible in the evenings. And the more time I spent with God, the more time I wanted to spend with him. I grew a lot as a Christian in this time through dwelling and abiding in him. And it was in this time that God told me to take on the role of leading trailblazers, the kids. So when the call was put out um, that we needed a new leader for the kids, I was at home with Joe because we were still doing Zoom church then. Um, and I said, oh, I said to Joe, oh, it's definitely not going to be me. <laughs> And I don't, I don't even know why I said it. No one was like there asking me to do it or anything. Uh, but it was just, it just came out. Um, but then during my times with God, when I was talking to him and dwelling with him, um, he was telling me that actually I should put myself forward for this. Um, so eventually I nervously told Steve that I thought God was asking me to do this. <laughs> um, I had no confidence in my own ability to actually be good at it. And I'm definitely not a natural leader. But I put my trust in him. Um, I could see that he, God was say, telling me this. So again, it's like, okay, I've heard you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust. Um, and he's led me the whole time since then to now. In everything that's been achieved, um, it's been because God's been in it and he's been with me, leading me. Dwelling in the shelter of the Most High isn't just believing in Jesus. It's dwelling in his presence and his word. And this brings you closer to him and bears so much fruit. Leading Trailblazers has definitely grown me, and it's brought so much joy with it. It's just been brilliant. Um, so not to say I'm getting everything right, or that I'm not shaken by things, or that following God and his plans is always easy. It's absolutely not. Um, but And generally, I'm a human with many flaws and failings, and I'm sure God has a lot more growing for me to do. Um, but I found that dwelling in the shelter of God, the Most High, trusting in him has given me that place of refuge. He's been so faithful and merciful and turns my weakness into strength. Um, so, uh, yeah, so just to conclude, I just want to encourage everyone here. I want this to be... Um, God's will today and so um, I just have got kind of like three points from from what that, that scripture has told me and I just want to encourage you to think about that as well um, 
so I don't know, is there, you know, if, if you haven't actually put your faith in Jesus yet, and there's something stopping you, is it fear like me, or is it something else holding you back? I just want you to know that God can break any chain. He rules over everything. He does miracles. He cares about your life. He loves you, and he just wants to rescue you. So I just, I just encourage you to know that and just give that to God, whatever is stopping you. Um, if, are you going through something tough? Are you finding it hard to see that bigger picture or God's plans for you? Are you just finding it hard to dwell with him whilst you walk through this? He's here for you and he wants to be that safe place and refuge for you. Whatever you are going through, he's there. Um, or are you struggling to really dwell, seek, and get to know God more deeply, or follow him? He wants a deep, close relationship with each of us, and um, he wants to work with you for his purposes. He's like our senior partner. Um, and so when you, um, yeah, I just encourage you just to dwell with him. And when you do this, you will be greatly blessed, I promise you. And um, the Holy Spirit as well can also open up that fresh desire. So, yeah, if that's a struggle um, for any of us, if you're in a sour patch, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Or, um, yeah, you just need to, you're just wanting to know God more, to be more closer to him, then you can also ask Holy Spirit for that help. Um, so I'm sure one of these three things apply to each of us, uh, maybe more. Um, so I'm going to pass back to Steve in a minute to help us respond. Um, but I'll just, I'll just pray first, please. Um, so Lord, I just thank you so much um, for your greatness. You are the most high. You are powerful and almighty. And I just pray that we will all know that more deeply this morning. Lord, thank you so much that you've got us that you hold on to us in any troubles that we face, that we can rest in you. It doesn't mean that we won't have trouble or that things won't feel hard, but you are our resting place. And yeah, we just, we just place our lives in your hands, Lord. So I just, um, I just pray as well for those um, that, that need you, Lord, that need to see you as your, their resting place, Lord. Will you just speak to them this morning? Um, and Lord, just help us, just help us to dwell with you, help us to read more of your word, and to speak to you more often, to just, just have you just right next to us at all times, Lord, you are there, but will we seek you more, and I just, oh yeah, I just pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>